0: Hello besties! How are you tonight? We are going to recap Potomac and um, Family Karma. Also, we have some news coming from all the way from Morocco, where Ultimus Girls Troop is uh, filmed, right? I'm going to start with Family Karma today just because I have extra sauce and extra tea from Potomac that was revealed last night. So I want to connect the episode recap to the news that we got because it's definitely connected. And I think it would make more sense to have that conversation right after uh, the recap for Potomac. So I'm going to start with family karma tonight. And oh my God, holy moly. (laughs) Family Karma, kids bringing the drama, kids bringing the culture. I'm excited for uh, Enrid and, Vish- and Nicholas' wedding. I'm also excited for Vishal and Risha finally, you know, signing their marriage license. But before this whole entire thing happens, we had so much to talk about though. Because, first off, Risha and Vishal went to the courthouse, but they couldn't get married because Vishal forgot to read the fine print that said you have to wait three days after they stamp the, um, you know, the paperwork. I mean, <laughs> I think it's hysterical that they were going to. To the courthouse, they were so happy and they came out five minutes later saying like, yeah, no, it didn't happen. It did not happen. We forgot to read this and we are going back home. We were still not married. On the other side of town, we have another, you know, wedding preparation. This time it's Nicholas and Andrew, uh talking to a priestess who's going to perform the wedding. Enrich's parents join, and it seems to me like maybe Nicholas is a little uncomfortable with the conversation just because he he wants some, you know, uh, traditions included into this wedding that is, uh, heavily leaning towards Enrich's traditions. But I mean, the great part is the the priestess actually, without him asking her, she already prepared something special for him. She added, you know, same vows to the to the um to the ceremony, which is not traditional in an Indian wedding, as they, you know, said in the previous episode. I really like how they are teaching the viewers and myself about uh, Indian traditions. I've never been to an Indian wedding, and um, this is why I watch this show because and Rich's parents they said that you know weddings are very you know traditional and you know a gay wedding is not something that that the Indian community is very open to and they want to be the example to a loving family where they uh invite and welcome everybody into their family they said uh and dad said, that he wants this wedding to be an example to the LGBTQIA community. They want to make sure that everything that the community represents, I'm talking about the LGBTQ community, what we represent is shown in the process of the wedding. Something that I, as a viewer, appreciate, because he's teaching other people that, Even if you come from a very conservative, traditional family, you still can have loving parents. The the priest explained that in a wedding, you know, they focus on the gods and the goddesses, right? And she said that they need to look into this at not the gender of the gods, but what they represent. I think it's very true. Sometimes we forget that um, some parts of religion, if you ignore the kind of like what you've been taught your whole entire life and you see it from the perspective of uh, values and how you can implement those into your home, I think it's a very positive thing. Uh, She said that one God represents stability and the other one represents love, so those are values that you want to have in a very successful relationship. I think that was uh, a great way to introduce Indian culture and traditions to the viewers who had never, you know, witnessed the process of, you know, planning an Indian wedding. I am going to say that if you are going to a gay wedding, you better dress up. Like, you have to dress up because we don't do basic. Basic is not part of our vocabulary. We always go extra. So in this scene with Bali, Bali was showing uh, the dress, right, that she was going to wear And she said, I'm going to look like, for some people, I'm going to look like I'm part of the circus. And for some others, I'm going to look like I'm avant-garde. And that's exactly how everyone should look going to a gay wedding. Because basic is basic and we don't do basic here. (laughs) Keep that in mind. If you look like for some people you are part of a circus, you are doing it right she also is having the conversation about moving with uh O'Malley that's uh Bali's boyfriend and i think they make such a beautiful couple they are both absolutely beautiful and you can tell they love each other so i agree she she, she should be planning that and and Plant the seed for her future and I'm here for that. I, I'm so happy that her mom is giving her that advice because it is true. If you have if you have something that is stable, it needs it needs to be, be built with um, trust and experiences and adventures together, and the best way to do it is by living under the same roof. Then we are presented with the celebration of spring that is holy. I grew up, I mean I didn't grow up, but I lived in Jersey City for a very long time and there is a big Indian community in Jersey City and they do the holy every year and every single time that I tried to go something happened I was never able to go And I finally wanted to go and I was planning on going. The pandemic happened, so not holy for me. But learning what the meaning of the celebration is was amazing because for me, that was just tossing, you know, color powder to each other getting messy, by having a good time. That's what it was for me. There, there was nothing else behind it. But the way that it was playing to us on this episode now makes a lot of sense. What holy is, for those who are listening right now, is the celebration of the spring. So when the flowers bloom in the spring, they show the colors, you know. Some flowers even have that powder, you know, when they open, you see the pollen and stuff like that. So, It represents the moment of rebirth and and happiness and uh, the colors of spring. I'm here for it. And I want to go to a holy. So if any of the cast member from Family Karma is listening right now, you better invite me to one. Because I'm here for it. I'm here for the party. I want to go toss some color powder on people's faces, get drunk, have a good time. So, yeah, this is me uh, asking the cast of Family Karma to invite me to the next holy because I will pack my bags and make sure to go. During this celebration, obviously there's going to be some shade and some gossip because, hey, that's what we do, right? As friends, we always talk shit, like Anisha said, and it's true. That's what we do all the time. We talk shit. Um, Vishal and... Andred were so invested on uh, Anisha's relationship. About they were concerned, and and it's too soon. She's asking him, giving him a um a timeline of a proposal, and she's talking about a prenup. Um, is it going too fast? I don't think it's nobody's business. I mean, I obviously as friends we are gonna be worry about stuff like that but Anisha is a grown woman and I think she can make the decisions for herself um I appreciated that Brian took the initiative to tell Anisha what they were talking about because that's what a true friend does I mean they they, they were going a little far with their comments about you know her relationship and she said it on the show too as well she said like this is not their relationship. They took 10 years to propose or get married. I'm not like that. I'm not waiting that long. I'm, I have a plan. And whoever is going to, you know, be part of my life, you know, they're going to take that plan with them and, you know, run with it, you know. So it, it's good that she's asking for a prenup, you know, and advices on prenup. I mean, we saw her conversation with Lopa and and, and, and Risha about, what would be the best way to to you know to write it what would be the you know the what she, she will she should say and then and we found out listen to me this is this is why it's important I always say this you need to read the fine line Richard and Bishaw have a prenup, right before they got married they signed it and that's great. I'm here for it. Everybody should have a prenup. Everybody. Because you never know. That doesn't mean that you are preparing, you know, you are entering a marriage or a wedding or a relationship, uh, not trusting the other person, but you always have to protect yourself in some level. And a prenup, that's what it provides you some sort of protection if something happens. But should sign the prenup ...without reading the print I don't know if it's plain dumb for the camera and for the show. Because if you sign a paper without reading, oh boy. I hope you have enough, you know... ...I will say brain cells to read the contract that Bravo gave you... ...when you sign up as a cast member... I hope you had the same curiosity to at least read some of the, um, the prenup. And he said that, you know, Risha told him what it was all about and, and that he trusts her. And that's all hunky-dory and that's all fine. But, I mean, a prenup is a legal paper. Look what happened to all these housewives that we had seen getting divorced. That we had seen, you know, relationship falling apart. Some of them, a either signed a prenup without reading it. Second, didn't have a prenup and they married down, and the other person gets half of what they already worked for, or they didn't save any money and the prenup wasn't providing any um, financial support and they're trying to find legal ways to get what they deserve for you know for whatever they long they've been married or whatever so I always tell people if you if you are signing anything please take the time to read it and for those who are getting married please take the time to write down a prenup and get some legal advice on it because that's very important You don't want to, you know, regret years into your relationship. Because relationships, like everything, have a lot of ups and downs. And obviously, some people can take the downs. And then they fall apart. So a prenup is a cushion. I advise everybody to have one, even if you don't have any money. Because it's not about just the money. It's about everything that you build as a couple. Yeah. You you envision you yourself building something. And you're making sure that if something happens, that uh, everything that has been built together is split equally. I mean, like Anisha said, I mean, they were just talking shit with a side on end. For those who don't know what Nan is, it's a bread. It's an Indian bread. And I think it was a genius shake. I was laughing my ass off because um, it's genius. She is such a great, great confessional, one-liner type of person. And I love, love her for that. Then we have the opportunity to visit Brian's new apartment. And let me tell you, a hot ass mess. The boy has tailgate chairs. You know what? Those that you open the fold, the, the fold, the foldable chairs, or whatever it calls the one that you take to tailgating at the at the, you know, at the stadium before a game. An air mattress. A goddamn air mattress, boy. You are in your thirties. You just moved into your own apartment and you're telling me that you only have an air mattress. You know, I was missing a white refrigerator just to like put a little chair on top of that mess because I was, I was embarrassed for him. I was having secondhand embarrassment. Please go to the closest Ikea if you don't want to spend money on furniture, but buy something that is not foldable or it's not... um an air mattress, just get your bed, get a bed, get a frame, get something, but please, please tell me that by now you have your apartment decorated because I cannot stand it. Boy, put your shoes on, we're going to get you to the closest uh, furniture store. But I appreciate that about Brian and Anisha. They do have a friendship, and they sat down and, and talk about everything that happened during the holy and how he support her no matter what, and she and he understand that it's you know her calling. Um, good for him. He he is there for her. Period. At the end of the episode, we also get to go in a magical. And i just being sarcastic. Low-budget date. Rage took Monica on a gondola ride with, like, roses and whatever. But, like, come on. Come on. He said that was the Venice of America. That looks more like, I don't know, that's not even, like, the Venice of anything. That just, like, an awful little river. Um, with these people that honestly, if they were there, I would like be like, no, I'm not going here. I'm not going on this. This is not, It, it was just so dreadful. I was so embarrassed for her. And it looked like he was going to propose you guys, but there was no proposal. There was just a little joyride around the river, a um, some pedals on it, some lady yelling at them and telling them to kiss under the bridge, but I was more concerned that they were gonna tilt and like it, it was just so messy, you guys. I hope that Monica starts seeing the red flags that this guy is. And yes, he may be just young and wanting to have a good time, but it's getting it's getting tiresome. As a viewer, you start to see maybe from our perspective that she wants something and he wants something else, and there's no middle ground. It's either what he wants or the highway. And even though Monica is being very patient about you know getting engaged and uh, pushing the engagement. And now thinking that she was going to get engaged because she was on this gondola. Because she likes to go, she would like to go to Venice. And I appreciate the thought, but, in the intention, but, come on, boy. That, no. No, 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 no. Don't do it ever again because, um, low budget. Low budget was the theme of that day. And I, I don't know. Monica, red flags everywhere, run, 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 run. The girl looked like she was going to cry at the end of the date. At least on TV, that's what it seems like. She was so sad because she was expecting this man to pull out a ring out of his pocket and ask her to marry him. And that did not happen. What do you guys think? Do you guys think that she should wait a little longer? Do you guys think that she should just walk away and break things off? I wonder you guys, if they still together because Monica doesn't have any posts with him on his, on her Instagram. Who break up with who is the question. And I would like you to share your thoughts on this episode of Family Karma by going to my Instagram or my Twitter and looking for my post on Family Karma and just share your opinion. I'm right here answering all your questions. And if you have any questions, please leave them on any of my platforms and I will answer them super quick. Because right now I want to start talking about... I want to start talking about... Potomac. I'm exhausted with Potomac at this point. I mean, I love the franchise. I love all the ladies. But it's given given desperation from some of the cast members at this point. And not only for what's happening on the show, but what is happening outside the show. And we will talk about that after we... um, chitty chat about the the actual episode and it starts with robin looking for wedding dresses with ashley and giselle and she said that she did not know that they she needed like a license in a wedding and she needs a cake or the hair person or the makeup and i'm thinking girl you weren't married before what are you talking about like please don't pretend that you do not know that even though you want this non wedding wedding to happen, just the two of you guys, Juan Dixon and Robin, because roommates, I guess, get married by with no guests or whatever. But no matter what, legally wise, you still have to have a license, you still have to have somebody to perform the ceremony witnesses and now she wants a wedding dress which i think is dumb because i thought that she just wanted to minimize minimize cost i mean everything when it comes to robin is extremely low budget non-wedding wedding wedding, low budget play date something else like oh that low budget speaker bluetooth moment that was like so low budget like one uh, that was like dollar tree speaker but yeah they 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 are at this you know wedding dress place and Diesel and Ashley are talking about some incidents that happened during the trip to Mexico in on the last night, right? Where all the girls went out and it seems like Wendy and, and Mia had like a vagina bumping moment based on what Giselle said. But Ashley just doing the most because... um She is kind of helping her to believe that something else happened between Mia and Wendy, which it tends to happen a lot with Ashley. Like she, she likes to embellish embellish any conversation with too much information. So Giselle called it the vagina bumping. And I, I'm so sorry for the word vagina. It's not, I don't know, it sounds weird to me. But that they kept saying that word. Allegedly, what happened was that Mia saw Wendy's cooch. And then Wendy tapped Mia's cooch. And there is a lot of, like, sexual energy based on what Ashley said. And let me tell you guys, I think it's just kind of weird to always have like this agenda of tarnish somebody's reputation in any way they started with Wendy's um, you know this non-stop attack on Wendy because the argument between Mia and her in Miami then they started to uh, say that Eddie was Being happy, Eddie. You know what that means? How he was trying to look and flirt with other girls. Now they're saying that Mia and uh, Wendy were being a little touchy touchy. (sighs) It's so tiring when the only storyline that they have going on right now, it's anything that happened outside the camera that we don't actually see, that we don't hear about. And like, if, if we can see it and we don't know the fact, I kind of maybe, they don't talk about it too much. And the fact that Giselle, Giselle said herself that she was going to Make up a story based on Ashley's information, because she always I means her story, her version is always going to be better, no matter what she gets. Because Miss Giselle decided to go to Mia to ask these questions, and Mia's like, "No, we, we, we just look at each other's parts and what's not." As you guys remember, when she was on Watch What Happened Live, she said that she will have a four-way with Eddie, uh, G, and Wendy. And like that's kind of like weird to say when you are working with these people on the daily. I, like I appreciate Mina's openly sexual vibe, but there is a a, a way of um, realizing that you can make people uncomfortable by being that way. When the other person, the other people are not, no, you know, consenting of you talking like this about them. You know, and something very important that uh, Chris said to Candace in the following scene is that it seems like all they do when they go on trips is to talk about each other's husbands. Because based on the episode and not only this one, but pretty much the whole entire season is, you know, picking in somebody else's relationship. And we're going to talk about that when we get to the strip club part, because God damn, that that scene uh, with Cherise, it was just a lot. And we have to unpack it because the rumors are just getting way too much, too much. And then we're going to talk about the other ones. About uh, Robin and Juan Dixon. Because that's another one. When Giselle went to Mia's house, uh, one of the main reasons for her to go there was because they are planning a bachelorette party for Giselle's non-wedding wedding. They got a bus. They got, you know, they going to a strip club to have steak and lobster because uh I guess that's what people eat at strip clubs. I don't, even, I, honestly, I do not want to eat anything from a strip club. I don't care how many stars he has, but I do not want to see, uh, you know, body parts and roast, roast beef dancing around in a pole. While I'm eating a steak and a lobster. I do not approve of that message. I don't care how good it is. And let's be honest. That food that they show in that strip club did not look appetizing whatsoever. It looked like one of those frozen dinners. You know, the one that you get at in the frozen aisle. And you only eat it when... When you are in a hurry, like you don't even buy it because you, you know that it's like pure chemicals to keep it like frozen or whatever. Like there's like so much preservative that it just tastes like salt. Like you are eating a spoonful of salt. Absolutely disgusting. I saw that steak with a weird sauce on it and I'm like, I, I send it back in the mail. Send the fucking food back in the mail. <laughs> Uh, they didn't invite Wendy or Karen to this uh, strip club trip, but I, I, I can see how Wendy and Karen are winning. Wendy was on uh, MSNBC talking about you know Roe v. Wade. Because uh, when they were filming, that was a very uh, heavy political topic. And she is a political commentator winning success in her career. Something that most people in the housework universe don't have. Which is a an actual career outside of being a, you know a Bravo Lab or, I don't know, selling merchandise. I mean, those are businesses. Yeah, I get it. But she actually went to college for it. She had a career before joining the housewives, right? So seeing her speaking on uh, MSNBC about something that is very, you know, important, and the importance nationwide showed that she's winning. And then we had Karen on the other side that she's like, I don't care, I don't care about going in this uh, bus and and do the uh, she call it? Uh, let me remember. Uh, she said the, the wiggle dance on a pole. She said I don't want to go on a bus doing the wiggle dance when I have money to make. I want to you know get my candles going. There's the holiday season coming. And I'm going to have a holiday version of, you know, her candle. She is busy with her life. She doesn't care. Even though, even though she said that she was going to take a photo and post it just for Robin to see how she's paying, you know, for her business. I don't know if she was shady, though. uh, What kind of shady level? Is she calling Robin poor? (laughs) Like, I have money and you don't have it. Or maybe she's just saying, I'm busy with my life. I don't care what you're doing. Some people said that Karen cares too much about Robin. But what happened when these ladies arrived to the strip club? What was the conversation about? What was the topic of conversation on this strip club trip? Which, by the way, Mia And Ashley wore the same outfit. If that happens to me, I will just go back home. I will not allow myself to go on any type of event, knowing that somebody else is wearing exactly the same clothing than I am. No, 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 no. I would have just turned around, get on my car and leave. And say maybe I'll meet you guys at this strip club because it's not happening. <laughs> so yeah, when they get to the strip club, the main topic is Karen. Literally. The main topic of conversation at Robin's um bachelorette party is Karen. And that's when the rumors about her, allegedly, because I don't want to get sued, having sex with somebody in a club bathroom was shared by Cherise. And the details that were given were too much, were too damaging, and I'm hoping that Karen Drag her ass at their reunion because that's what she deserve for saying such slanderous, you know, comments. Even if they're true, there was a air of you know vindictiveness, just be, just just being vindictive, trying to uh damage her reputation because she knows. That she's on TV, she's very aware. she is very aware of stuff. She's not, she's not stupid. I'm gonna share this. Uh, Erin just sent a message and she said, "I thought they were cute, looking the same. Ashley wore better though. I agree. I like Ashley's look better. I think because Ashley, uh. I don't know. There's something about Ashley, maybe because she's petite and she's, like, short. She, maybe she looks, like, you know, cute. So, I, I agree. I think Ashley looked better wearing the snake uh, bodysuit. But I, 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 it's cute for them. I will not want to step into an event and find out somebody else is wearing the same that I'm wearing. <laughs> That's a big fashion don't. But anyways, when they were at the strip club, all all this conversation that happened between the ladies and Cherie saying that, you know, Karen let her when they went to a club and that she disappeared. And everybody's listening to this conversation, like acting as, you know, this is kind of true. Even Giselle and Robin said on their confession they heard something about this, and the one person that maybe did not know was um, Mia. You know, they kept saying that when when Karen gets drunk, she just you know she would just ride any dick. That was literally what she said, and that's too much. Uh, that was a little crossing the line, and and. Is she trying to get her uh, champagne flute back? I think she's trying too hard, and I'm saying this. I better see Karen dragging them, not only her, but also Giselle, because they kept using the word prostitute. And then they go to the extent to imply that Ray is a pimp. They not only call Karen a prostitute, which by definition, she was not being a prostitute if she was sleeping with men just for the sake of having sex. A prostitute required to be hired to perform an act. That is prostitution by definition. Mayor Webster, where are you at? That is the definition of prostitution. But then they go to an extent to imply that Ray is a pimp because he's an older man. He's pimping around his wife because he can't get it up. So he allows Robin to sleep with other men just for her to satisfy her needs. Even if that's true, which I think is just weird if you don't have that information to try to pin some to paint somebody as a pimp. Even if that's true, that's absolutely nobody's business. Because let's be honest, none of these women who are talking about Karen's marriage have a successful relationship. Where is Miss Giselle's husband or boyfriend or whatever? She was faking a date with Jason from Winterhouse for some press. Where is Teresa's? I don't. I don't. I don't know him. Is he around? No. Ashley, who likes to intervene in all this type of conversation, is going during this time, through a very public separation between her and Michael Darby. And then we have Mia, who, whatever she has going on in her house, I mean, that's her business. But as we see, there is a pattern of these women with no stable, no successful relationship to trying to paint and destroy other ladies' relationship. And this time, the conversation, from my perspective, went too far. They said Karen is a prostitute, and they said that Ray is a pimp. And I hope to God that they are ready to to either, you know, drag them at the reunion and have some lawyers just draft a, you know, a lawsuit for slander because i don't know you guys please let me know what you think aaron said they all just sound jealous of queen karen i agree I, like i said it before they tend to go after people who have everything they do not Either successful marriages, successful business, successful lives, like they did to Monique, like they did this season to Wendy, like they doing right now to Karen. And this is when I'm going to start by saying it's interesting that during this conversation, everybody was talking about, Karen. But now we know that the allegations of Juan Dixon having an affair are true during the pandemic. He allegedly got some DMs and he thought that the girl was a fan and he kind of like went with it. Because he was enjoying the attention. And I'm saying this because the person who said it was Miss Robin. Who denied. Who denied Juan Dixon having an affair with her whole open chest. That even she called him from Mexico. Just to make sure that he denied the accusation that Karen was saying. And Karen was right the whole entire time. She was right. And I'm going to give you a um, just like a little, you know, of what she said on her Patreon. I did not pay for it. But obviously, people out there already released the topics of conversation on this Patreon because I'm not going to pay for Robin because I knew from the get go that she was lying. I said it on my previous uh, recap. The way that Juan Dixon reacted was the way that a man who is guilty acts when people are exposing them. I said it before. And people were saying on my Twitter comments, saying like, no, he acted like somebody who's tired of this lady trying to go after him. And um, the ladies only have gone after him because he kept pushing this wedding. They were living together without being married. And it was really weird the way they they now they don't want a wedding. That's, that's what it is. That's the topic of conversation. But this was the first time that Karen brought up, you know, the allegations of an affair. And guess what? She was right. The lady... Who allegedly reached out to him. Lives in Canada. And. When the uh, pandemic. You know. Restrictions were lifted. She flew. You know. To uh, Potomac. Or that area. And. She said that the girl. Lost her wallet. And that's why. Juan Dixon's credit card and name and information were on the bill from this hotel. And I did not know that Juan Dixon was such a charitable person that he cared so much for the fans that he would pay for the accommodation bills. Because if that's the case, I'm going to have to start DMing him because I, I want a free trip to Potomac. I mean, if he cares so much about the fans of the show, um also the lady decided to DM Giselle and somebody else in the cast. I'm not I don't remember exactly uh who else knew but he said that two people from the cast knew about this affair before they started filming. So, Keep this in mind. Robin has been lying to the viewers by holding information that even people in the cast knew. She, she was trying to paint, you know, Juan Dixon as this, uh, you know, honest, non-cheating person. He cheated before. I honestly am tired of housewives who now hold information from the viewers and they wait for the show to wrap up, you know, the filming of the season to to end to utilize and capitalize this information because let's not forget, they know that the fans will pay for this information. They realize that they can make extra coins by doing so, but this is not the uh, premises of the show. They're supposed to come on the show to open up their lives. And they have the right, you know, to share as much as they can share. But if the conversation is brought up during the season... You best believe that you should be talking about it during the season is filmed and not wait until the end to charge viewers for a Patreon membership to get the tea. It's like the other one, the Heather Gay, who lied about her black eye made it look like she knew what happened, made it look like somebody punched her in the face, like it was some domestic violence, harassment, and, you know, kind of physical altercation with somebody in the cast or something, and then went on Watch What Happened Live and said that the answer to this mystery was going to be in her book to sell books. Because the I is not mentioned once in said book. So Bravo better get their talent together. Because if this pattern starts happening in every single franchise, I'm giving up on the housewives. Because that's not how reality TV works. I love what Candace post after you know, Robin reveals that she knew about the affair that Juan Dixon was being accused of. You know, I want to read it to you guys because this is very important. I want to read what she said because as a cast member of a TV show, she understand what she signed up for. And it reads... Like, this is from Candace Twitter. I'm going to read a verbatim so uh, we get the full picture of her thread. And he says, Our boss's favorite clapback when we are playing coy about certain aspects of our lives is you are on a reality show about your life. There is an expectation that doing no harm, we show up to this platform as our authentic selves. And while we reserve the rights to be uh, judicious about what we share, there is a special brand of audacity attached to the individuals who will knowingly bury the lead in exchange for dampening and salacious lies that stand to cause irreparable irreparable harm to innocent people. It tarnishes the integrity of the premise of our show. It tap dances on the intelligence of the viewership that champion our stories and discover their own peril in our lives. And when it's not that deep, it simply occludes amusement. It's not entertaining It's not interesting, it's whack. Why be open or genuine or authentic when the least of us can rob our viewers of the truth and continually be rewarded for it? What are we doing? And a better question, what are you all watching? That, my friends, is the response of Candace vervating to this uh, situation with Robin. And I cannot agree more with her because it's true. They spent a whole season, a whole season going after Chris, trying to destroy Candace's relationship. While they were holding on to the information. That these women DM to. Robin Giselle and somebody else on the cast, so they were aware that the allegations were true, and they deflected it by focusing on other people and creating lies to trick the the, the, the viewers. That's, that's honestly what it is. And people can say, you know, oh, you are producing the show now, like on, on Twitter. But that's that. I mean, as viewers, we know that, like we can act like we don't know that these reality TV shows are produced. We cannot ignore that part. We know that some parts of these shows are true. And that's why they're reality TV shows. But lately, it has become obvious that some of these ladies try to hold them to information to now even, you know, charge the fans if they want to know their truth. And that's why I think Heather and Robin are. The perfect sample of two housewives that have collapsed on their latest seasons. Because when you lie to your own fan base, I'm not fan of either. So it's not like I'm hurt. Oh my gosh, I'm so hurt because they lied to me. No. But I do know people who stand these two women's who are fans. And they think that they're telling the truth. For them to find out that they were being lied to, and now they need to pay a Patreon to find out that Robin knew about this, and she, and, and she knowingly, she knowingly decided to ignore that part of the information while filming. She even said it on her podcast, whatever, uh, Shady whatever, that she was waiting for somebody on the, somebody on the show to bring it up for her to talk about it. And she laughed. and Oh, nobody did. I'm like, yeah, they did. Karen called you out, you and, and your roommate, that, you know, that you, He was cheating and you are protecting him. And her deflection process started with like by sharing the photo of Karen with blue eye. And then Cherise painting Karen as a prostitute and Ray as a pimp. I just don't think... Uh Aaron said I I am a fan of Robin but it's so hard to get cheated on maybe she wasn't ready to tell everyone I mean I I agree I mean cheating is not easy I've been cheated on in the past my previous marriage I was married before this is my second marriage my my first marriage ended because I was cheated on trust me I know how hard it is to go through a divorce and 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 knowing that the person that you love was not being faithful or was lying to your face. But, um, she has this horrible habit of deflecting her own issues by trying to stir the pot in somebody else's relationship. Oh, Candy. Candy just joined. Hi, Candy. Uh, She just said, um, Robin was wrong, was dead wrong. She had no problem attacking everybody else, everyone else's marriage. And that's exactly what I was saying. Um, She she just went after Karen in such a way that I was really, really upset because you don't have the proof. You're just saying for saying it's the same thing that happened with uh, with Candace when she brought that Dollar Tree Bluetooth speaker where she uh decided to withhold half of the um the the IG live, which still on Candace's uh Instagram. If you wanna go and watch it, it's there. She decided to edit the part. Where Candice said, like, these bitches are not to be trusted because she was feeling hurt because they were going after her and her marriage. But she ignored the part where Candice was praising Robin and praising her business and how she will support the bedazzle, whatever that she runs, which, by the way, I do not get bedazzle anything. It feels so early, like late 90s, early 2000s, we had those bedazzlers, remember? Those like guns where you like glue gun the the uh the little diamonds and rhinestones and like whatever. That's how it feel like. And I'm like that's so outdated. I don't know if that's a trend right now. Maybe I'm not uh in with what the kids wear right now, but I don't get bedazzled anything. Um but but yeah, I I, I think. I think that um, by Robin withholding this information is not doing any good to the show. It's showing that she is picking and choosing what she wants to share in a way that it is brought up on the show. If they didn't talk about Juan cheating in at any level, uh, then she should have just not said anything. She even call she even called Juan from mexico and juan yelled at her and if and, and if they're trying to work things out that's their prerogative they're adults they can do whatever they want whatever it works for them is great but if you are doing the most it's because you're trying to hide the most and the moment she them, And he acted that way, and obviously she was like putting on a show for for um, Ashley, for Ashley to feel like bad for. Oh my God, Juan is so upset and whatever. No, he was not upset because uh, he was being accused of uh, false with false accusations. He was upset because Robin knew that he actually didn't. He didn't want to talk about it. That's how I feel, you know. So yeah, this is uh. This 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 is this, this whole thing that's happening lately is upsetting me because I never seen this happening before on Housewives. Yes, you can maybe get a book deal, and you share more, you elaborate on the topic. Like we have, you know, Taylor Armstrong, you know, releasing a, a book after season two because she wanted to share an extension of the topic that they talked about. During the season, but it wasn't because she was withholding information from us. If anything, she shared too much on the show. And I appreciate that from her because it was a way to to let people know out there that she was going through domestic violence and, and the pain that brought when, you know, when her ex, you know, did what he did. And how that affects her daughter. But it's not like buy my book to find out. If what I talked about is true or not. Or you know join my uh, Patreon. So you can get the truth. Either talk about it or don't talk about it. But don't take the hard earned coins from your own fans. It's just to me it seems like. Is losing the beauty of reality television at this point. And that's why I said Brown needs to get their talent together. Because if this becomes a trend, the show as a show will lose interest. Because now the resolutions of the problems are going to be released after by a Patreon account created by The Housewife instead of resolving the issue or talking the issue on the show. Because we already pay we already pay for Bravo. I, I don't have cable, but I have a Hulu live where I get my Bravo. And I also have Peacock where I get my episode the next day if I miss the the night before. So I'm already paying enough to watch Bravo. Now to pay extra if a housewife wants to tell their truth. It's like the Jane Sha of the world now, too. Now she has a website where you have to give her your email to get her truth. I'm like, girl, we already know your truth. You lie. You lie, you lie, you lie. And I am not gonna give you my email because I don't want you to steal my information. Thank you very much. The end. Huh. <sighs> I'm, I'm 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 like I love reality television. I do this podcast because I love the Bravo universe and the housewives and and everything in between, but if it's gonna stop being a reality, if it, if they're gonna start overproducing it, then it's gonna lose the charm, and if they're gonna start to to uh, to ignore real facts that the cast know. And they knowingly decide to pretend that it's not there. I don't know, you guys. I want you to share your, your, your you know, your perspective on this whole Robin Dixon, Juan Dixon situation and how the, the ladies reacted. Like I said, I, I read the whole entire thread that Candace made on Twitter, which, by the way, if you, you know, didn't get it. Go read it yourself on on Twitter because you need to read it. She spoke from the perspective as somebody who joined a show to share her part of her life. And now she's realizing that other people are just using that information to deflect and create fake drama on the other people's lives. And from fake drama, we're going to real drama, you guys. This is the last um, This is uh, the last news that I want to share with you because this is really juicy. It's coming straight from Morocco. The ladies of Ultima's Girls Trip finished filming over the weekend. But right before they ended the, uh, the film, a huge, huge fight happened. And obviously, the information leaked for everybody to know. And now we know that Caroline Menzo and Brandy Glanville had an altercation. It was not physical, you guys, but um, it did involve some, you know, invading somebody's space and not getting the hint. For a while it was reported. Brandy was either being Brandy, drunk Brandy or something. But it seems like she was trying to kiss multiple times Caroline Manzo. And Caroline was not there for that mess. And this is what I want to say about this. Listen, am I a fan of these two women? No. Honestly... I appreciate what they brought to their show when they were on the show, like when Caroline was. You know, she's an OG. She is uh, part of New Jersey history. And Brandy, you know, Brandy has moments in Beverly Hills that people remember that people appreciate. I, I, I like Brandy more in a different type of setting than Beverly Hills. Like I like Brandy on The Traders. I like Brandy on the previous Ultimate Girls Trip. You know. She has a, you know, reality TV type of personality. But for Beverly Hills, perhaps, I don't think she fits, especially now. I don't think people keep asking for her to come back to the show. I personally don't think she is the solution to the show. I know that people are trying to find the next Lisa Arena and they think that Brandy is that person. But no, I don't think she is. But anyway, she is part of this new cast. And I I was kind of excited because I was like, I haven't seen Caroline for a while. Brandy did great last season of uh, Ultimus Girls Trip when she was on it. Um, I was not expecting that they were the reason of both of them leaving early. They finished filming. For my understanding, when Brandy approached Caroline Manzo, for whatever reason, she was trying to like kiss her or be too touchy-touchy, and Caroline was like, no, no, I'm not here for it. And if you, I mean, let's, if you watch New Jersey, you know that Caroline Manzo is a very old-school Italian woman, and they are not here for the invasion of their space. She is a matriarch. She likes people to, you know, keep their distance. And she is Jersey. So I'm 100% that she gave Brandy the energy that she was not expecting coming from this elderly. Because she is, she's not young. She's like in her 60s now. So I'm pretty sure Brandy was not expecting the reaction that she got. And Brandy was put in a separate hotel and sent back home the next day. And Caroline left at the end of the night because she felt like she didn't want to be there. And the other ladies kind of agree with her. You know, they agreed that the, the outdoor kitchen was too much and she just wanted to be home. And this is, this is this is my only opinion of this matter now that I share the information that we all got through the whole entire weekend, is that I know people out there are ready to defend Brandy. But if anyone invades my personal space, you best believe that the cops better be called because I am dragging a bitch. When somebody says no, it's no. And maybe Brandy was just being Brandy, funny Brandy, and, and trying to uh, line up the, 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 the night or whatever. If she didn't get that hint, it becomes harassment. Maybe her intention was not being, uh, you know, harassing Caroline, but after the first no, it becomes a problem. Because you best believe if Brandy was another man or was a man and she did this to uh, to a woman, the conversation will be different. I'm just hoping that it's air. Because we deserve to see what happened for us to judge, you know. But if production decided to uh, do an investigation, if production sent Brandy back home, it doesn't look good for Brandy. that's what I think it's um, it's very important that we take you know the show for what it is a show but also to analyze how these actions will will happen or will you know if it happens to any of us in the real world, not in a TV show, how it will truly, you know, develop and how it will, you know, escalate. Because for example, I'm just putting myself as an example. If anyone, girl, guy, whatever, tries to kiss me and I said no, even though if it's a joke and I say no and tries again no i'm going I'm going to to react if this happened uh, this happened in a working environment, you best believe that who's harassing the other person gets fired even if it's a joke because HR doesn't play with this anymore and reality TV shows are a job they are a talent and they have an hr department so for them to take to for them to make this decision to send Brandy back i think it's gonna be really hard to defend her when the show airs the only thing is that it's gonna air probably like next year so we will probably forgotten by then (laughs) <laughs> but I, I, I think that if Brandy had any chance to go back to Beverly Hills, this might be the nail in the coffin for her not to. Because Bravo has given her many opportunities. And people like Brandy because she's a wild card, but sometimes she crosses the line too much. And I can name just a few. She slapped LVP. She threw wine at Aileen's face. Even though she didn't say anything, you can tell the Vicky was uncomfortable last season a couple of times when Brandy was like dancing on top of her or whatever. And now we have this situation with Caroline Menzo. So there's going to be a point where Brad was like, okay, no. I mean, we gave way too many chances. And she was doing so good. I was so happy for this new, you know, kind of like rebranding of Brandy. She did so great on The Traders. I was so happy to see her with... uh, Kate Chastain, they make a great duo. They I think if it was for me to choose a show, it would be a show of them together. I wish Peacock would have given Brandy and Kate a show because they, those two as a duo amazing, amazing. But now we are waiting for Ultimus Ghost Trip 3, yes, and the reason why, I'm going to explain this to the, the, the people who are listening right now. I know a lot of people are concerned about this show not having a release date or the uh, the trailer hasn't been released publicly because I watched the trailer during BravoCon, but I the, it, ha- it hasn't been released. And the reason why it hasn't is because uh, four people, no, actually six people in that trip are still on airing shows. And the, the conversation that they have in the trailer are topics that are talked about during the season. So they are waiting for Potomac's um, reunion to air, at least some of it. They were waiting for Miami to air too as well, and Salt Lake City. Because in the re- in, in the trailer, one of the topics is the black eye. Which I'm exhausted. Like, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to know about it. I'm done with it. Let's move on. I hope they edit that out because we are tired. We are tired of this black eye. So that's the reason. But if my calculation doesn't fail me, um, Ultimate Ultimate Girls Trip should premiere right after Miami. Which ends, uh, if I'm not wrong, so I'm counting the first week of March. So I'm trying to count in my head. I might be wrong. I might be off, but I'm just trying to count that. the episodes that are left and the reunion. We do know the Potomac finale is this weekend, and then goes into. Uh, we had the Super Bowl. The following weekend, and then the reunion starts. So basically, Potomac will end the first, the last weekend of February or the the first week of March. Same with Miami. The only difference Miami doesn't have a uh, a, like a day off because uh, it's on a Thursday in a streaming service, so there's no like day off like Potomac. And Salt Lake City ends either this Wednesday or the following Wednesday, which, by the way, it, I'm not sure why they even have a three-part reunion, because this reunion could have easily been an email. Let alone a three-part reunion. Ah, you guys, so that's everything for tonight. It's been quite the the passionate night when it comes to these topics i i i I like heavy topics i like to talk about what people are afraid to talk about a little bit (laughs) it gets me excited so um if you like this episode please please go ahead and subscribe to my podcast martini with eddie and you can also find me on youtube instagram twitter tiktok as martini with eddie and i also have my own website com. please leave your rate give me stars on my podcast because that's how we podcaster survive that's that's kind of the, the 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 staple of approval for us so please give us a rate i always tell people if you love a podcaster give them a rate because it show show them the love so show me some love I, I love to see it. I love to read your reviews. I really appreciate it. And give me feedback. I'm here for it. Also, uh, this week, I have an um, episode on Thursday for the recap for Salt Lake City. Oh, God. Part two. <laughs> but this week, I don't have a guest on Friday because I'm going to Charleston to party with the people of Southern Hospitality. I will have so much tea, you guys. I have so many plans with them. We have, yeah, you guys have have no idea. Just keep an eye on all my social media because pictures, videos, everything are going to be shown there. And I will bring you all the tea next week uh, about my trip uh, to Salt Hospital. Hospitality. Who knows? Maybe I can bring on some of the people that I'm going with and maybe a cast member. Who knows? To tell you all about it. So, yes. Thank you, you guys, for joining me tonight. And like I always say, it's coming. Subscribe to my podcast. And also, bye, besties.